0: Hey, guys, welcome to the first episode of Your Podcast is in Another Castle. Uh, We are a podcast about video games. We love video games. Uh, I think we should start out by introducing ourselves and and telling people a little bit about ourselves. Maybe we'll say what game we love to play so people can get to know us. My name is Rodrigo, and uh, one game I love to play is uh, Mario 3. I think Mario 3 is a game that I have purchased multiple times across multiple systems it is something that i can throw on and it's like mindless fun i know i know those levels back and forth and it's something that i always enjoy you know nintendo puts that on a new system it's gonna get my money once again uh why don't we go let's see who else who wants to go next i can go
1: next uh, my name is diego Cokting, and i am rodrigo's brother as you can guess hey. by the last name nevatism Yes, nepotism. And I am also a big video game fan. Uh, I've been a huge fan of Nintendo for almost my whole life, and uh, I love playing fighting games. Uh, The games I prefer to play are typically Street Fighter and Smash Brothers. But as I said, I I love video games in general, so I love, Mm -hmm. you know, just finding new video games and enjoying them, you
0: know, and just sharing sharing a good time with my friends. For sure. Let's go to our, our last co host.
2: Last, but perhaps least, we'll find out. So, my name is Jordan, and I'm primarily, I'd say, a third person action adventure game guy. I'm yeah. uh, what the internet uh, refers to as a Sony pony. So, I'm primarily a PlayStation gamer. So, uh, this was mm-hmm. definitely the time, this is definitely the conference for me. Your C3. time to shine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: As Jordan may have teased, you know, we have gone together to discuss a big event. You know, E3 is happening or has happened, I guess, in the video game world. So we thought, you know, we like video games. We like talking to each other. We like talking about video games. So why not start a podcast? I think uh, one thing that might set us apart from some of the other uh, podcasts and like channels out there is that we will try our very best to not come from... A super cynical place because we like video games and we like talking about it and sure maybe some things fall short maybe some things don't get us excited maybe some things get us disappointed but at the very least we will start from a place of uh non-cynicism and see where things take us um so, yeah, why don't we get started? You know, like let's talk about E3. Uh, it was great. Now you know, let, let's get into the details <laughs> is, is what I will say. Um, you know, the E3 started, I want to say, last week, maybe Thursday-ish, I Feels think. Feels like
2: four years ago at this point. Feels like mm-hmm. four years
0: ago at this <laughs> point. Uh, it started off with the the Summer Game Fest, which is kind of, I guess, described as a free industry-wide celebration. That kicked off on, on June 10th. It was hosted by, you know, our fellow Canadian, uh, you know, uh, Jeff. Healy of vga fame there was like a performance by weezer they performed their song tell me what you want um there was a lot of uh, there was an opportunity i guess for a lot of smaller companies and publishers to be able to to, to uh okay. benefit from all the eyes that were paying attention to that and there was still some big announcements there as we get got started i think the the big one for me that stood out was Elden ring uh it's Miyazaki of the Soul Series teaming up with George R. R. Martin of Game of Thrones' fame to give us uh, what I would describe as a Lord of the Rings meets silent hill looking fantasy type thing. You know it's like your regular fantasy, but with a lot of monstrosity happening. Uh, what did we think what did what did what did you think, Diego, when you saw that trailer? I liked it. I think it looked super cool, and um, you know i I think there was
1: already hype coming beforehand for this game mm-hmm. because. Uh, because of the names that are attached to it, uh, you know, Hidetaka Miyazaki is a creator of the Soul series, right? He's also, yeah. the one. He's also worked on the Bloodborne series and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which are, mm-hmm. you know, very well-received games. I haven't had the chance to play uh, Sek- Sekiro yet, but I know that a lot of people love the Soul series. It's like a very challenging video game series, but I think that's why a lot of people appreciate it. And uh, the the fact also that it has the name of George R. Martin attached to it is also kind of like a big deal, right? So mm-hmm. uh, the You're anticipation. You're excited that he'll finally finish something. I I'm, I'm <laughs> hoping that he'll finally he'll finally finish this. I, I don't know. Maybe he starts Elden Ring and then like we never get never the died. ending to Elden Ring. <laughs> but who knows? Um, but from what I saw in the trailer, I thought this game looks really cool. And then yeah. like you know, it's the. Like Miyazaki is, I think he's at a point that I would say, like the monsters that he creates in his video game universe is almost as good as Guillermo del Toro. He's mm-hmm. like amazing at making like these huge creatures that you have to battle in this game. And yeah. from from what I saw in that trailer, it's like it's like definitely like a high quality uh, Souls type game that we're gonna get from these two. And I'm you
0: know I'm very excited to see what what else comes from from that end. Jordan, did you like it? Did you? Were you excited when you saw the trailer?
2: Yeah, Elden Ring looks rad as hell. My biggest yeah. issue is that it's another one of the Soulsborne games, so it's one it's of those these games punishing that, games. Exactly, it's like it's <laughs> it's one of those games that I'm, you definitely have to play if you hate yourself. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but the things with those games is that so for me, I always look at them and they're gorgeous. They look like they play fantastically, but I just don't. I don't have it in me to take that kind of punishment. <laughs> that long because everyone yeah. who plays it says like yeah yeah it's really tough but then you learn the systems and i'm sure it's an incredible amount yeah of just relief and joy when you finally do beat some of these bosses when you do get some through some of these tough sections i just i don't think i have it in me to get started to actually get the end result of those so it's beautiful i'm i'm never gonna play it because i can't punish myself like that <laughs> I mean, there was a horse at one point that was like running vertical up a hill or something like that. Yeah, that jump. Yeah, Yeah, that was was, it was a dragon that like summoned lightning. And it's like, you're already a dragon. I don't know how much more you need. Uh, Yeah, but no, (laughs) there was a part two.
1: There was a part two in the trailer. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Jordan, but there was a part two in the trailer where uh, you see like like the main character was facing off. What with what looked like, uh, like Harry Potter's like Patronus. It was weird. It was like funny. Like it, it was like the camera was just rotating. Mm-hmm. And you can see like this ghost like like uh, a deer creature just rotating around him. And I was like, yeah. "Wow, that that looks cool."
0: Yeah. I I think to I I do want to echo what Jordan is saying that I think this is a kind of game that I I would love to watch somebody play but that I won't play myself because okay, for sure. the 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 learning curve on these games is very steep and it's I I'm not I would say the like I play a lot more casual games that perhaps are more narratively driven and not so much like gameplay demanding and so this one I look at and I, I like my question was what like in the back of my mind is like will this be in the style of the other games that he's made and I'm sure it will be right oh, I've like, yeah. no reason to believe that it won't be and so I know like it looks beautiful and I'm super into it but I just don't know if I have the skill needed to play that game you have the skill to watch for sure yeah, I have the skill to watch. I'm an avid watcher. I will, I will watch. Maybe you, maybe you can play. Maybe I'll convince you to. Buy I'll play it. it. I'll play, play it for it. you guys. You can watch it yeah. suffer.
2: Splendid. Yeah. <laughs> we could do. So uh, I only played Bloodborne, but what happened was it was me, my friend Richard, and my friend Carlos, and we every time somebody died, we just passed the controller to the next person, and they tried to beat that section. That controller moved every 15 seconds. Every, <laughs> yeah, it's too fast. like so, yeah. I, I need the, like the NES some buffer. Days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Is there is there anything else from from that first day that stood out to you guys? I mean, to me, one thing that I did enjoy it's uh, Among Us announced that they were kind of doing an expansion, I guess. Like they have a new hide and seek mode. You can now play with up to fifteen people as opposed to ten and have three imposters. Chaos. Like they're trying to get the, this going again, and I really really hope that they're able to do it. You know, like the beginning of this pandemic, I, it was such a fun game, and. I don't know. I, I kind of wish them all the success in the world here, but I, I, I think they may have fallen out a little bit. Let's hope and I'm hoping that they can get it back. But I don't know. Was there anything else like do you guys have thoughts on Among Us? Or was there any other game that, that stood out uh, from the first
2: day uh, to you guys, uh, Jordan? Uh, for me, there was two things. So one is a game I'm probably never going to play, but Jurassic Park Evolved 2, I thought was really cool oh, because yes. the original one always seemed super cool. It's just it's kind of just like roller coaster tycoon for dinosaurs. Where you're just trying to manage this park and you're moving out dinosaurs and it's, it looks really really cool as a, a a sim for a managing a dinosaur park, which is a sim that you're it's not super common. Anyway, mm-hmm. look rad as hell. I assume it's more of the first, which is exactly what they need. The thing right. for me that looked really really cool though was Solar Ash, which I had seen trailers for before, and it always seemed like oh yeah, it's a kind of a kinetic, uh, fun action adventure kind of a game. But the part that they showed in the uh, the summer game fest was whoever. I don't know the main character, but she jumps onto this flying creature and it was almost Shadow of the Colossus like where she had to get Mm -hmm. to certain sections and then attack from there to take it down. If this is anything like Shadow of the Colossus, then I'm 100 percent in. We need we need way more Shadow of the Colossus clones. I don't know how (laughs) that hasn't become a format. Everyone's torturing each other with the terrible hard games and no one gets any of the Shadow Colossus. So that's that's what I enjoyed. (laughs) That's fair. What about yeah. you, Diego?
1: Um, yeah, I think uh, from what they announced on that first day, I think one of the games that caught my eye was uh, Metal Slug Tactics because oh, I'm yes. I'm a big fan of tactic games, like you know, like mm-hmm. games like Fire Emblem and stuff like that. Yeah, and I also like Metal Slug and uh, Metal Slug. If you know, if you've seen that game before, it's basically like a cartoon version of Contra, but mm-hmm. they it's it's cool that they're gonna adapt it into like a tactics type game. So that that kind of caught my eye. And yeah. the the other thing that I thought was uh, pretty cool was um, this game called Lost Ark, which is a, a Diablo type looking game that is yeah. that looks absolutely amazing, and mm-hmm. apparently is being developed by an Amazon gaming studio, which is uh, it's a big deal. I think it's like you know they're they're starting to get into this, you know. And is moving into gaming, man, it's a gaming. I, what what else? <laughs> what is he not moving into at this point? Right. Yeah. I mean, a okay, so like space, uh, but he actually is. He's actually doing that. too, yeah. So I, I know that like Stadia wanted to to do that for themselves. They Google wanted to have these like gaming studios start developing their own games and stuff like that. It mm-hmm. hasn't been going well for them but right. the ones that are picking up those pieces are Amazon. So I'm interested to see where what Amazon's going to do. They're they're already showing us trailers of like games. Like you can definitely tell these guys are definitely capable of making like really high-end games. So I think this one is something that I'll keep an eye out for, you know.
0: Yeah. I I think especially because not just the game itself, but like you're saying it it's it's kind of one of these things that it could revolutionize the industry in a way to see how well or how poorly it does, right? Like, yeah, Amazon is known for like going into a new space, disrupting that space. And then, you know, like all of a sudden we have to do whatever Amazon says. So I, I'm very curious too to see how that game goes. See if um, we can move into where Google Stadia did kind of fail. Yeah. At. Yeah. failed to fail to move into right yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll we'll see how that goes on friday which i guess was the day after a lot of those announcements uh netflix had a bit of a i guess i don't know like a, 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 a yeah, video, netflix direct a, a direct yeah and uh they um uh, some some of the stuff that they shared was like the opening shot for resident evil infinite darkness some first look footage of arcane which is i guess the the league of legends animated series they had some announcements for Cuphead with Wayne Brady uh, stepping in as, as the voice of the Dice King. Ubisoft announced a Splinter Cell and Far Cry animated shows for Netflix. So there was a lot happening. Castlevania's fourth and final season was released. They announced that there's going to be a spinoff that's going to focus on, on Richter Belmont. The Witcher, the Witcher got a season two teaser trailer. So it's like Netflix seems to be all in with video games, right? And especially for... um. TV projects and movies for uh, video games are are not always the most reliable in terms of quality. I think it's nice to see a, a big player like Netflix saying like Yeah, no, there's there's story here. There's stories here that are worth exploring. Um, of all this, these things that they announced, like what kind of stood out? Uh, stood out for you, uh, Diego.
1: Um, I I really like the uh, what they showed of cut the Cuphead Show. I mean, it looks like exactly what I was expecting it to look like. You know, it looks like, you know, if Cuphead was just like a, a regular show. They did say it's going to be uh, 10 minute little shorts, kind of like cartoons from back in the day. And they announced uh, Wayne Brady that uh, he was going to be playing the Dice King, which I think is pretty cool. I think Wayne Brady's going to do a great job as a Dice King. Um, so that's going to be cool. And uh, you mentioned also Arcane. Which is the League of Legends animated animated series? I I really like how that show looks. I like I was looking at the trailer of the animation on that, and it's so impressive. Like I'm I don't really play League of Legends, but I think I will definitely watch that show just because of how beautiful that animation looks.
0: Yeah, and I will say just uh, to uh, they also have a Dota show, which I guess is I don't know how's this not a conflict of interest. But the <laughs> Dota show is actually really good too. So I, I yeah. I'm a fan of these kind of fantasy things. Jordan, uh, of these things, I mean, I have a sense that you might be a Wayne Brady fan from me knowing you fairly well. From the
2: Whose Lines Is Anyway days? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> that man can do absolutely no wrong. I hope he's hosting. I hope he's uh, he's every character on that show, essentially. I hope it's just a one-man show <laughs> of just him going back and forth with himself. Yeah, uh, improvising all the lines. Exactly. So the Cuphead show looked super interesting. I like how it's literally almost just the game and then the art yeah. style just carried over basically directly mm-hmm. into the show. Uh, for me, if you want to hear our thoughts on uh, video game property adaptations, you can go to uh, Laird Butter's most recent episode where we discuss video game adaptations. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, my problem with a lot of the stuff is that it looks cool, but I always I'm always apprehensive, so I I temper my expectations before weep I get a chance hurt to be many disappointed. We've been exactly. hurt. We've been hurt. So for me though, the thing that I was most excited about was just the little it was a little bitty teaser for The Witcher Two or The Witcher mm-hmm. uh, Season Two, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Because I was a big fan of the third game, and the first season was good. I felt like it was a good adaptation. It's yeah. It's not uh, the high mark for video game adaptations, but I thought it was good, and I'm looking forward to more of uh, Henry Cavill going, ugh. Yeah. fuck. That's basically all of this dialogue. Chilling in hot tubs. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's exactly what we need more
0: of. That's what we need. That's that's what people tune in for. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I agree there. Uh, There is stuff to get excited about for Netflix, but it is a little nerve-wracking, you know? Like, you don't want to get your hopes too high up and then get hurt once again. So we'll have to see. Uh, When we come back, we're going to tackle with a lot of the other big announcements that happened at E3. But first, we're going to go to a quick break.
2: Your podcast is in another castle is brought to you by Layered Butter. If you love movies, there's one book that you need on your shelf, and that's Layered Butter. Each issue is a deep dive into famous directors like Quentin Tarantino, genres like modern horror, or even famous characters like James Bond. Insightful essays are paired with breathtaking art inspired by the movies to make for the one book every cinephile needs. Head over to layeredbutter.com store and buy your issue today. And we're
0: back moving on uh, with the, the, the successive days of exciting things. On Saturday, we had Ubisoft, Ubisoft and Gearbox E3. And, you know, some of the highlights for these events included new content for Watch Dogs. And uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, some new footage for Rainbow Six Extraction, taking you know these anti-terrorism units into an alien planet. We got a, a our first maybe big Nintendo Switch announcement with Mario plus rabbits getting a sequel that takes them into space, into other planets. You know, Gearbox was mostly focused on the upcoming Borderlands movie of these things, or you know anything else that they announced. What kind of got you the most excited, or what you were most into? Geordi, uh, let's start with you here.
2: Uh, well, uh, for me, the thing that um, the thing that was really only of interest to me was the Avatar game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know literally nothing about it other than just the one cinematic capture they put for the game. I assume it's going to be like a third-person action-adventure because that's kind of Ubisoft's thing, with the uh, exception of a lot of their shooters. Uh, for me, Avatar was already a property that should just have been a video game from the beginning this the movie was uh i mean I, I can't wait for parts seven and eight and nine and ten to come out shortly but for me avatar the game that's really the thing that was the uh, of the biggest of interest to me the assassin's right. creed uh, dlcs we we need to stop those that game was already over a hundred hours long <laughs> i don't know how much more we can add to this game but i hope the people who wanted more of that enjoyed that it was a yeah. lot of DLC mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which I hope people enjoy. But for me, Avatar was really the the high mark for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that actually a lot of this E3 was. And I mean, when, when we discuss it overall, we can we can go back to it. But I think a lot of it ended up being, you know, cool new content for this game that you already have. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that hits the same way as, hey, look at this new game. Uh, Diego, what kind of stood out for you in the Ubisoft Gearbox content?
1: Um, I, I'd say I, I really like the Avatar trailer, just like Jordan said. Yeah. I'm really interested in seeing what that game en, ends up being like.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the other thing that, that I really enjoyed was uh, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope, which is a sequel to oh, Mar- yes. Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, yep. which is, uh, you know, it, it was funny because I actually found out about this even before the Ubisoft Forward Conference even That's happened true. because, uh. Of all people, Nintendo was the one that leaked the information this time. Um Shame. They, Nintendo they actually, had to
2: let you know about Mario before anyone else did. I yeah. guess,
1: yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they had to steal Ubisoft's Thunder like that. But um so, so yeah, it was funny because like uh everybody knew about this beforehand. But you know, it was still <laughs> cool to see to see them show like the actual trailer. And um I, I I like that game. I think uh I think this this sequel game is gonna be fun to play too. And as far as the other stuff they presented, I I think like uh, all their Assassin's Creed, like DLC and like all the other stuff that they do, it looks cool. It's just that I don't know if I can invest time into, you know, playing some of these games. Right. So to me, I think I'm going
0: to stick what's more interesting to me was was probably like the Mario and rabbits game. Right. Yeah. And also, I think like a little bit more unique. Right. Like, I I mean, we're going to talk about Xbox Bethesda in a bit, but even some of these games, some of those games, like there's a lot of shooting and you know like kind of similar style games and it's not like an anti-violence campaign for me or anything it's just like it all kind of blurs together and it all feels generally the same so whenever there's a game that's kind of uh out there it stands out to me
2: i feel like that's always kind of been a a criticism of ubisoft is all their games kind of come together they all yeah. like even the third person games they all kind of have the same thing you have to go here take down this base that base. You've now cleared 10% of the map. Now here's another base. You kind of fight similar mm-hmm. enemies there. Mm-hmm. So it but does now all. you can do
0: it on Pandora.
2: Exactly. I have to clear. A <laughs> it's going to be
0: the same thing, but with <laughs> <Exactly>. the Navi. <laughs> yeah.
2: I have to get rid of, oh, I can't remember the bad guy from that movie. I can't remember his name. You have to get rid of him. I hope he's the, the bad guy at the very end because he was a cartoonish villain in that film. He yeah. was oh, definitely yeah. made for a video game. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I wanted to say, though, that I found interesting from Ubisoft's conference was the Rainbow Six game was originally called Rainbow Six Quarantine. Mm-hmm. which was then changed, I can't imagine why, to Parasite, which was then changed <laughs> to Extraction. So that was the now, thing. And going now it's in. called was Rainbow
0: like, Six COVID. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, just, they're just going
2: deeper in the hole. So I was curious if they were ever going to change it. And then yeah. when they did change it to quarantine, from quarantine, essentially, it was like, yeah, that's uh, yeah, probably the good call.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would echo what you guys both said, that the Avatar game is something that stands out to me. I one time went to a marketing conference or Disney, and they kind of announced like how they treat their properties. I think it was like six or seven groups, and I forget most of them. But one of them was like Star Wars. One of them was Marvel. One of them was specifically Disney Princesses. One of them was Pixar. And then like among the, I can't remember the others, but one of them was Avatar. And this was kind of I guess before we had any announcements of this game. They had announced that they were going to do sequels. I don't think they had said uh, how many they were going to do. But you know, like they even have like this theme park. So it's like this is a property that Disney's not really like fucking around with, right? Like they want it to be a big success. So I mean, that's a lot of pressure for to see what this game is gonna end up looking like. Well, we'll have to see.
2: It's kind of sorry, it's kind of similar to when um Rockstar was announcing the series that they feel were tent poles to their uh to their organization. And this is mm-hmm. before Red Dead 2 came out, and mm-hmm. they mentioned Red Dead as one of the tent poles for sequels and stuff like that. And everyone's yeah. like, oh okay so i is this is this a soft launch of red dead 2 but anyway mm-hmm. yeah no for sure so it, it's
0: interesting to see where uh companies pri- companies priorities are um jordan sunday brought us the xbox bethesda showcase uh why don't you walk us through kind of what that was
2: sure uh so i have pretty much the bigger games that uh stood out to me and the release dates and then we can kind mm-hmm. of See which ones everyone uh, everyone likes and talk about how insane Game Pass is and what it's going to do for the industry. Uh, the big one that they started out with was Starfield, which is going to come out on November 11th, 2022. Uh, for me, the biggest thing for that game was Bethesda was kind of uh, not really announcing whether or not their games would be exclusive to Xbox or whether they'd come everywhere. Uh, sometimes they would say it's coming everywhere where games pass is. Sometimes they would say, oh, well, we don't want to limit the, the reach of our games. But they straight up said Starfield is going to be an Xbox exclusive. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a bigger thing that we can see where Bethesda games going forward. It looks like they're going to be strictly on Xbox or yeah, PC or the, the this cloud service thing, I guess. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Anywhere where you can get Xbox game pass. Yeah, uh, they also had back for blood, which is going to come out this October. Uh, There was essentially the series that Xbox is known for. They have uh, Halo Infinite. The multiplayer campaign is listed as uh, free to play for everybody, which Mm -hmm, was going to be a big get, I assume, for everyone. Although, mind you, if you have Games Pass, everything they have there is free anyway. In theory, right? Yeah, well, everything in theory. Uh, They also had a trailer for the campaign as well. That's also going to be out holiday 2021. Uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected is also going to be coming out September 23rd. I'm not a huge Diablo fan. I don't know if you guys are Diablo heads. Just yeah, go back to hell. Big fans. There you <laughs> go. Well, I hope you guys are excited to play it on your Xbox Series S. Or X. <laughs> uh the the game that looks the coolest to me of any games is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Mm-hmm. I feel like this game it's it's almost breathtaking to watch because like video game graphics are you know. Gradually going, getting better and better and better, and it's harder to impress yeah. people. But flight simulator is incredible. Yeah, uh, that's also going to sure. come out July twenty seventh. Uh, they also announced Outer Worlds two, which looked really really cool to me. Another game that the graphics are also insane is Forza Horizon five. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a big temple for Xbox. People love their, yeah. their little racy races. They love that race. Love those racy races. Those boys. So that's going to come out uh, November tenth. We can all play that together. And then the final announcement they had was a new IP from Arcane Studios called Redfall. Mm -hmm. Uh, It looks cool, but again, it's a cinematic, so uh, very little is actually known about it. Uh, So those are all of the big announcements that I saw. Was there any of these games in particular that interest you? Any other ones that you find interesting, Rodrigo?
0: I mean, I don't know if they interest me necessarily, but I do recognize that I think they were... uh... Big moments that people were looking forward to and wanted to know more about, and I think Xbox delivered in that sense. Like I, I, I think Halo and Starfield were, were expectations coming into this of like what, what, what's happening next, and in, in these franchises that we knew very little of, or that we were expecting like a new iteration of. And so I think in that sense, uh, it's kind of, it kind of landed exactly where I thought it would be. You know, like I mentioned before, a lot of these games kind of blend together for me. It's a lot of, you know, shooting and, and first person shooter or third person, depending where how you want to play it. Um, the two that you did call out though, like Microsoft flight simulator, that looked great. It had DLC for Top Gun too, which I'm not necessarily like a Top Gun fan, but I just think it's cool that they found like the one movie perhaps that they can really tie into and, and the, just marketing-wise, it seems like a, a very smart idea. Um, I'm always curious, like when you play like flight simulator, how good can you get it? Like, can I like if something happened on a plane, heaven forbid, you know? Like, and they're like, and oh, any- every
2: pilot is out.
0: Yeah, every pilot is out, and they're like, does anybody know how to play how to fly a plane? Can I be like, I've played. Flight simulator.
2: I <laughs> got this. My understanding I... is that those games are so realistic that people kind of train on them, yes, like before yeah. they actually get into planes. So I mean, mm-hmm. you could definitely try and get on a plane <laughs> and hope that you have to take it over. But I would assume like, there's also if probably you're gonna... go to the stewardess or something first.
1: If you're going to take over a plane, I think I probably probably wouldn't start off saying like, well, I've played Flight Simulator because like people around you are going to be listening. <laughs> this, like, this
0: guy's games. played a video game? No, I don't know. But We're going to die. I also want to set expectations. I don't want to be like, I know how to play. I don't know how to fly a plane. And then all of a sudden I crash it and they're like, what happened? And I was like, well, my experience came from Flight Simulator. <laughs> like, I want to let people know that this is like, I, I'm still better than random person here who's never yeah. thought of it flying a plane like at least i have some video game experience but yeah you you should just
1: go in and say like i have some training and you're if you you do
0: do have a lot of hours in flight simulator
1: then you you do have some training it's it's a a lot more than like anybody else would have really
0: vague enough yeah Yeah. and here's the thing with planes that if uh my training is not sufficient i don't think anybody's going to be out here telling the story about how i promised something that could not deliver because yeah (laughs) if that plane goes
2: down no (laughs) one will no (laughs) one will be around to tell the story they won't they won't make a salty called rodrigo yeah
0: yeah uh the other game that kind of stood out to me diego before i guess we asked you the same question is forza and only that i want to say this that it's like you can only impress me so much forza i was impressed like (laughs) several forzas ago as to how real you made these cars look, everything, everything after is just kind of like I, I visually can see that it's looking better and better, but it's like I was already convinced like several generations back. So it's like diminishing returns of like how what you're getting out of me for making it more impressive, I think is where I land on that. Yeah, I
1: mean, for sure, it's, it's like an impressive looking game. And mm-hmm. I, I was also like, you know, I, I was enjoying watching the Xbox Bethesda showcase um obviously it was uh it was the showcase was based on just like just them flexing their processing power of their xbox and everything and i mean all the games that they showed look beautiful right um Mm -hmm. i I think the the ones that drew my attention were obviously starfield i think uh the fact that bethesda's making another another you know ip is always interesting and um the one thing that a lot of people were criticizing from Xbox when their new consoles launched alongside the PlayStation 5 was that they didn't have exclusives, right? And I think after the showcase that they they had um, a few days ago, that's definitely not the case anymore. I think after that showcase, I think uh, most gamers are like incredibly impressed with what the whole Game Pass situation is. And um, they're definitely going to be uh, paying that subscription in order to be able to play games like Starfield and and Redfall, right? Uh, and the, and of course, like uh, as Jordan mentioned, they also finally announced like um, you know a, a release window for Halo, which is an incredibly huge deal for for Microsoft, right? Yeah. I mean, if there's anything that's going to move their consoles, it's definitely going to be Halo. And mm-hmm. and it's exciting to see that it's going to be like the multiplayer part of it's going to be free, which is awesome, which is great. Yeah. I think everybody to get back into that if you haven't played in a while like i probably will again Mm -hmm. and uh the campaign the campaign looks cool and the it's the one thing about halo is that it's always had like a cool story it's always had a cool campaign so i think it's definitely uh, a game that i might invest some time in like in the future yeah i think the big
0: struggle though is like they announced these games that are exciting i think the series x is still tough to get and even like the ps5 is still tough to get so it's like I don't know. This E three is kind of weird, where it's like, yeah, look at all this new cool shit that we're putting out there, and it's like, well, you can't play it yet because we are having <laughs> we're struggling getting chips out there or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah, but I that's the whole. That's
1: is. the thing about um what like uh, Microsoft's approach to this is now is that they they're okay with selling you their console, but mm-hmm. they're they're also selling you the game pass, right? So they're saying like if you oh, have true. a you have a like a capable computer. Then you're not gonna have a problem playing with these games either, right? You're also yeah. gonna be able to play it on your computer, which I think is really smart on their behalf. I honestly think that Microsoft is might be the one to beat Stadia to beat, maybe even Amazon to the punch about like having this whole um, streaming gaming situation. I think they, yeah. you know, they're they're a big deal as well, and they've been in gaming for years, right? So they have some experience there and uh after their their showcase i think uh i think they feel pretty confident for for their upcoming years for sure
0: yeah i i like even i remember there was rumors a while back that they were somehow going to try to get some of their games on switch so i was kind of curious to see if they would announce any progress on that from like banjo kazooie was lent over for smash and you know they had other like minecraft went went to Switch, I was wondering if we would see anything of that. We didn't at this time, but, you know, who knows what the future will hold if they are kind of leaning into, you know, not being as dependent on their, their console and
2: more so figuring out what their cloud service gaming looks like. I'm very patiently waiting for Game Pass to come to PlayStation Five so that I can stop being so jealous of the, the value of this service. Can you
0: imagine that? That'll be like the, when when Sonic showed up in Smash, or you know, like one of these things like when uh, Marvel and DC put published comics together a while back in the '90s. It's just mind blowing to imagine yeah. Monday the those lines blurred. Um, on Sunday after the Xbox and Bethesda. Games showcase, you know, hard to follow up, but Square Enix g- gave them gave it their best shot. They, they showed it was off, hard to follow up. <laughs> yeah, they, they they started off pretty strong. I would say announcing uh, something that I don't think really was an- anybody's radar. Like even when they first revealed the trailer for this game, I thought, is this the Avengers? Like, is this a, a DLC for their Avengers game? It was Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, they showed some some they showed the trailer. They should they followed that with some some gameplay. Seems like you you control uh, Star Lord. That's his name, Chris Pratt's character. How do I no, know this? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Star Lord, and then you you can kind of uh, use the other Guardians like Drax and Gamora and uh, Rocket Raccoon as your backup, commanding them to do a variety of things. There's also, I guess, kind of some decision making elements to this game where, you know, you can choose whether you you support uh, Drax throwing Rocket Raccoon over like a. Uh, a chasm to to see if he can activate a bridge and you know there there can be consequences to that it seems um i don't know if i you liked saw it, it, but it, it no sorry sorry go ahead, sorry, I, I, go ahead. Well, what 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 were you going to point out
2: no i was just going to interrupt and say that um well after you throw a rocket there's a little thing that pops up in the top corner that was like rocket is upset by this or <laughs> rocket has, yes. and it reminds me a lot of like the telltale games where you make yeah, a decision yes. and it's like you're like the big bad wolf and you tell uh snow white you don't want to do this and it's like Snow White will remember that. <laughs> so it was fun to see these little things like oh it's like a it's like a very action-oriented telltale game
0: yeah and it's like you know what i think you have to put some of that into it if you're going to make people make choices then there has to be kind of some weight and and consequences to the choices that they make i just wanted to say like the gameplay to me looks great like the one complaint i have a bit is like and it's not necessarily their fault but they keep on designing characters and they do this in avengers too, where it's like not really the cinematic universe but close, enu- close enough that we're like, is this supposed to be the cinematic it's universe? like an Uncanny <laughs> valley kind of a thing. Yeah, it, exactly. It feels <laughs> uncomfortable. Like, I almost feel like they would go further away or make it accurate, like one of the two.
2: I feel um, like the people they have at Disney World look more like the characters than the people in the Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy these games do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess if I had to describe it, I would say this looks like not Disney- Guardians of the Galaxy but like Canada's Wonderland has decided to Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy and this is as close as they could get it. Yeah. Uh, without the dude. <laughs> yeah, without getting to deal, Did you like the trailer and the gameplay that they showed? Yeah, the game looks great. It looks cool mm-hmm. and uh
1: I think I my problem with it is also the same one you have is the the whole uncanny, uncanny valley look to these characters, but I yeah. think uh after seeing the Avengers game so much, I'm I'm already used to it. And yeah. to be honest, I I can look past that. And um, when I was looking at the trailer for this game, uh, I was like, oh, this, this actually looks really cool. And, this, it, and you can tell that uh, whoever designed this game is, everything is based now around um, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. You can tell that yeah. there's definitely that, that comedic tone to the Guardians, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's basically the same thing that you're going to get in the game that you kind of get in the, in the movies, right? Yeah, which to me is cool. I love playing Marvel games. You know, sometimes it's just fun
0: to just play a casual beat 'em up. Yeah, yeah. So even I, even the music element from the movie seems to have translated. Yeah, it. yeah. It gives, like a superpower,
2: and all of a sudden the soundtrack kicks in. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was really cool.
1: I just think I'm just thinking now, like for people that stream games, how is that going to work, right? Because that mm, that kind flagged. of that's going to get flagged <laughs> really fast. You know, like, yeah, you're gonna have to like, oh, I have to use my superpower, so I gotta mute the game all of a sudden. Mute but, the game
0: for a bit. Yeah. And then <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting to see Uh, in the in the the gameplay in, or the feature, I guess, that they had after they had Dan Abnett, which is one of the, the writers that kind of brought the Guardians of the Galaxy back into the forefront in the comic books. And so I, I'm not sure that they confirmed I, I, I'm going to look into this, but I, I would be interested to see if he is in any way uh involved in the storytelling of it, because if he is, I think that's a big, big get for them not for sure. Um, you know, I, was, I, I guess I can't, we can't really talk about Square without acknowledging Final Fantasy. Uh, on the Final Fantasy front, they, there was you know, some, some remasters announced for, for Mobile and Steam. Um, nothing that really stood out to me in a big way. Almost kind of disappointing. Um, Dio, did you, did you feel the same way? Yeah, I felt, like,
1: um, I felt like Square Enix presentation was done super fast. I mean, they started off with Guardians of the Galaxy, which was something that came out of nowhere. So mm-hmm. at first I thought, like, these guys have come out, come out of the gate, like, full steam, right? Yeah. But then it was, like, a really quick stop from there on. I mean, they, they showed us, like, um, a little bit more of the Marvel Avengers expansion, the Black Panther War of Wakanda, War for Wakanda, oh, right. which was mm-hmm. cool, you know? But then yeah. they just kept on showing us, like, now we're, we're remaking the Final Fantasy games, the like Pixel Remaster kind of stuff. And then a few more things after that. And then it just, like, it, it was done. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, well, I guess the, the big announcement, they just gave it to us like right off the bat with the Guardians of the Galaxy game. And the rest of it was just kind of like, eh, I guess, you know, I guess we know that they're working on things for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah. They did have the Stranger of Paradise. Is that like a Final Fantasy thing, I, I believe?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The one that's, uh, I think is being developed by Team Ninja. It kind of looks like, right. I, I, at first I was like looking at it, it looked kind of like a hack and slash type game. Set in the mm-hmm. Final Fantasy world, it's called Final Fantasy Origin, right? Yeah. But uh, I, I was like reading a bit on it. It's, it seems to be more in like the Souls, Souls series style. So maybe oh, it's gonna, maybe
0: it's gonna be a Final Fantasy game that's super punishing. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't want that? Doesn't want that? Uh, Jordan, I guess. So overall, Square, S- Square's presentation. Were you excited? Were you not excited?
2: I mean, for me, the whole conference was basically just Guardians of the Galaxy and then yeah. a bunch of other stuff around that. The thing for me for uh, just to go back to Guardians real quick, is that in the gameplay they had sections that reminded me a lot of Mass Effect mm-hmm. because you play a Star Lord, but then you can have Drax go in and then you pick like an action for him to use. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, a, a tenant of the Mass Effect series where your squad mates mm-hmm. are with you and then you say, oh, this one, you can go attack this guy and use this uh, this kind of power and all that. So I thought that was really cool. The other thing that's for me, oh, I think it was in like three other conferences too, was uh, the new life is strange. Because oh, yeah. I really, really liked the first two games, uh-huh. and then the kind of the interstitial between the two of them, I'm interested to see what the power of empathy is going to be. <laughs> yeah, don't.
1: that's going to be interesting.
2: Because <laughs> the other powers are very clear. It's like you control time; you can move time forward, you can move time backwards. In the the first games you move time back so far that there's almost like irreparable damage, and then you have to kind of deal with that. So that's kind of cool. I, I mean, mean, I trust them. They did a very good job with the two Life is Strange games, so. I'm mm-hmm. very much looking forward to seeing how I can uh, I can empathize with these characters.
0: Maybe it will be like uh, Heart in Captain Planet, where it was also so vaguely defined. <laughs> that may- maybe they could talk to a monkey, I want to say, at one point.
2: So you're or hoping a- that it's so vague that you could do almost literally anything with this. <laughs> <Yeah. power. laughs> Perfect. That's what you want in a video game, vagueness, to just allow a blank canvas, yeah. whatever you mm-hmm. want I mean, to put on there.
0: Brief aside, was the, 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 the wielder of the Heart power in Captain Planet, was that a boy or a girl?
1: As a boy. There's Mati from the Amazon. Mati. There we go. From Peru. Okay. It's, it's, it's wherever or, you want to be. Or possibly you see yourself Brazil.
0: <laughs> possibly Peru, possibly Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, I guess, the the one big last presentation... I mean, Capcom also had a presentation, and we can talk about that later if, if there's anything there that you guys want to bring up. But one last big presentation that happened uh, on Tuesday is that we finally had the Nintendo Direct. Diego, what were the highlights of this Nintendo Direct? Okay, so...
1: Nintendo, let's, go. let's get through this <laughs> to right, me. Nintendo one. had an amazing presentation this year. So they started mm-hmm. off uh, right off the bat, as as I expected, they showed us the final DLC character uh, yeah. reveal trailer for mm-hmm. Smash Brothers Ultimate. It ended up being Kazuya Mishima from the Tekken series. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you guys get a chance to watch that trailer, go watch it because it's really funny. It's a lot of fun. It was hilarious. A lot of references to the Tekken game itself. Yeah. Um, after that, they announced Square Enix's Life is Strange collection. Uh, both like both games are coming to the Switch, and also the new game, which is yeah. uh, pretty cool. They were showing some footage of it, and I mean, it you can clearly see it's not the same quality that you're gonna get if you buy it on the PlayStation Five, for example. Yeah, but for I, sure. I I'm actually very impressed with what they can pull off on the Switch. To be honest, like mm-hmm. I've, i I looked at this game, and like I've also seen like um. Monster Hunter from before and that looks as impressive too. Um so yeah, from Square Enix, they announced Life is Strange, the Life is Strange collection. But they also announced Guardians of the Galaxy
2: that was gonna be ported to the Switch,
1: which was amazing. That was like I was not imagining that port at all. But very curious how that's
2: gonna run on that.
1: I know, exactly. But I think it should be good. We'll see. Um so, yeah, after that, we got a trailer for a Super Monkey Ball collection and a remaster, mm-hmm. which are always fun games. If you guys have never played that, give it a try. Yeah. Uh, and then they announced a new Mario Party at first. Yeah. When they show this Mario Party, uh, mm-hmm. it's called Mario Party Superstars. I thought it was a DLC bundle for like the Mario Party game that's already on the switch, but it turns out it's just a, it's a standalone game. And it's a mm-hmm. collection of the pre- previous Mario Party board boards and games. So there are about 100 games in total that they've taken from their back catalog. And the good thing that they announced, too, is that it's going to have online from day one, which is it's cool because they actually didn't have that for the the Mario Party uh, game that they had on the Switch until recently.
0: And pretty soon, Soon, too, right? Pretty soon. Yeah, pretty soon.
1: uh, Oh, and the next thing that they announced, which uh, Mm -hmm. I was super excited about, um, they did start mentioning how they were working on Metroid Prime 4, but they didn't have anything to show right now. But in the meantime, they were going to show us something new and they showed us a 2D Metroid game called Metroid Dread, which Mm -hmm. I got super excited upon seeing because I love Metroid. Um, I think Super Metroid is my favorite Super Nintendo game of all time. So anything in this 2D Metroidvania style games, I'll always get into. And that's especially true if it's actually a Metroid
2: game, which is the case with what they showed us today. It looks kind amazing. like George R.R. Martin, where he starts, a, he starts a new thing before the last thing's even finished yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly.
0: We still have nothing on Prime 4, but look, we, but look at we this, got distracted but Look at this, 2D 2D made, made this for you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that looks great. Um, they showed mm-hmm. us a little bit more of Mario Golf. that They they said that the release date, June 25th, which is right. super, like, you know, close town, Right around the corner. Right around the corner. Uh, they showed us some more gameplay footage. And, I mean, that game looks great. I'm definitely going to buy that. Um, then we got some information from Monster Hunter Stories too, uh, which was interesting because during the Capcom presentation, uh, the Capcom presentation to me was a little bit lackluster. They did they did down some things, but uh, they didn't show much, right? And yeah. what was interesting is that during the Nintendo presentation, they actually did have gameplay footage of this game, which mm-hmm. uh, you know was actually really cool. And I think anybody that's interested in Monster Hunter is definitely going to enjoy this. Uh, I guess. If you also enjoy RPGs, of course, right? Um, after that, they uh, announced uh, Danganronpa Collection. That was... Oh, uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Jordan, you're a fan of that game. So, um, yeah, it's that's gonna, like it looks, that looks like a lot of fun, too. Um, after that, they showed Shin Megami Tensei V. They showed a little yeah. bit of gameplay, and they gave us a release window. It seems it's going to be releasing sometime in November this year. Uh, yeah. They also announced Fatal Frame, Maiden of Blackwater. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this is a I, I don't I'm not sure if it's a Nintendo uh, IP, uh, I think it might be. I know that it's uh, released on the Wii U in 2014 and now it's being ported to the switch. But a lot of people, um, you know, they they're big fans of this game. It's basically uh, like a horror game where you have to take pictures like of ghosts with oh, your yeah. camera. Yeah. So That's it's yeah, no, well, no. <laughs> It's it, it looks like a lot of fun. And after that they announced a new WarioWare game called WarioWare Get It Together. Uh mm-hmm. the new thing that they announced for that is that two players can actually go through the gameplay now, which was typically not a thing. It was usually just a one player thing. Uh, right. they once again they showcased Mario and Rabbits, the game that is a sequel for to Kingdom Kingdom Battle. Uh that mm-hmm. was originally shown in the Ubisoft uh direct or forward, sorry. Right. Yeah. So they showed a little bit more of that. And another another big surprise came after that when they announced uh, the return of Advance Wars. Um, apparently, Advance Wars is being remastered. Advance Wars 1 and 2, uh, which is the tactics uh, military-type game that released yeah. for, like I believe it was the DS back in the day, uh, that's being remastered and released on the Switch, and it should be coming December 3rd. This year, big week for for tactics fans. Big week for tactics fans. A lot of a lot <laughs> of great tactic games. Big um, tactical week, yeah, for sure. And then the last thing, the the last segment that they left for the direct was dedicated mm-hmm. solely to the Legend of Zelda. So right. they they went into the final part of the segment, and you know, AG Onuma shows up and he starts talking about um, all those all the stuff that's going to come up. So he started off saying, um, showing us a trailer for the DLC for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity called Wave of the Ancients, which is going to mm-hmm. feature new weapons for Link, and it's going to feature Princess Zelda riding the Master Cycle from the Breath yeah. of the Wild DLC. Which, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? You know, that's you know great DLC right there. Yeah. Um, he also spoke a little bit about The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, just uh, reiterating everything that we know so far and just reiterating the release date as well for it being mm-hmm. July 16th. Uh, And then afterward, he showed uh, the new Game & Watch, the new Game & Watch uh, collectible, that is the portable console that is very similar to the one that was released last year. Well, not last year, for the year before that, for the Super Mario anniversary. And this one is obviously based around The Legend of Zelda. And -hmm. the Game & Watch um, is going to have three Zelda classics, uh, starting with the original one, which is just The Legend of Zelda, the sequel, The Legend of Zelda Adventure of Link, and finally, the Game Boy Classic, which is uh, sorry, Sorry, uh, Link's Awakening.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's sold out now too. Actually, the it's game is it
1: well. already sold out? That's I think so. Yeah, well, that's not surprising. Like the it's definitely one of those collectibles that Nintendo fans will definitely try to get a hold of as mm-hmm. soon as they can. And the last part was the one part that uh, everybody was expecting, you know. And the yeah. the only thing that they had to show in this whole direct was the <laughs> a little bit of footage of Breath of the Wild, and we got that. Finally, Onuma, yeah. he mentioned how the sequel of Breath of the Wild was in development for over two years, and they had not been able to show anything since. But he said, but today, we'll, we're finally going to give you a second glimpse of the game. And we got the mm-hmm. trailer. And the trailer was amazing. It was just, you know, uh, it started off with Link um, kind of there in a, like in a shadowy type situation where his arm is being corrupted by some dark power. And then Mm -hmm. short flashes from the uh, undead demon that we saw that was featured in the first Zelda trailer that we saw for Breath of the Wild 2. And then after that, you see Princess Zelda falling backwards through the darkness, right? And then all of a sudden, like um, the darkness kind of disappears, and you just see Link free falling through the sky, which Mm -hmm. to me was awesome because it just it 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 just it just seems it can't it's too much of a coincidence, but it looks so much like Skyward
0: Sword. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That that when you jump out of the the floating islands.
1: So, yeah. So it was like super exciting to see. And later, the the next few minutes of the trailer basically just showed a a little bit of what the gameplay is going to be like. We got to see some of Link's maybe new items. I saw him kind of use the stasis rune. And uh, also at some point he had some type of like stone dragon head attached to his arm. That was like breathing fire. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and then afterwards he also showed like this some sort of like water phasing ability that he used to reach the top of a cliff right, right. but uh, as you, you as we watched the trailer you could see like okay clearly this is still set in the same universe the only difference is that you you can see that they're prioritizing in you taking to the sky so there's going to be yeah. a very huge parallel i feel between um what could be skyward sword in this game but i i right. mean that's how Nintendo ended their presentation and I think they they just like nailed it. They just like yeah. knocked it out of the park
0: with that one. And yeah. yeah, that was that was it for them. Yeah, I think to what you're saying to about the parallels between Skyward Sword and so on. It's like Skyward Sword is uh story-wise kind of at the beginning, right? And so them returning to the sky i think it's like a nice kind of bookend like maybe this is the end of this timeline for link right like he's already 100 years in the future Mm -hmm. of where he started you know because he wasn't sleeping for a while and so if this is a continuation of this story like maybe this is kind of the end of this timeline and you know he either gets a happy ending or the timeline is kind of done but yeah i was really excited i think i i when nintendo announced that they were going to be at e3 like i felt certain that they had to say something about breath of the wild because if they didn't like that would be the one question that every nintendo fan would have right like that if that's how they would judge whether or not it was a disappointment or if it was a success is if they said something about it i mean some part of me i think really wanted them to say holiday 2021 um still no i mean also generally they haven't said anything about a nintendo switch pro so maybe that's part of the equation of why this is still coming out later but yeah overall i think a lot for me to be excited about when it comes to nintendo i think mario party stood out to me also something that i really want to get and mario golf so we'll see we'll see uh jordan i know you're kind of i would say like a further removed nintendo fan I would call you, you know, you, you refer to yourself as a Sony pony. Was exactly.
2: That it? I'm, not, I'm not a dog like you guys. Oh, damn. <laughs> I believe okay. that's how so so idea was there anything
0: here, though, that managed to get, get some excitement or was it kind of cool for you?
2: Well, for me, the thing that was the most exciting was uh, something that most Nintendo fans probably aren't super jazzed about. But it was uh, Shin Megami Tensei mm-hmm. because that series, I thought, broke off and became Persona. Because I played Persona Five, and I play—I mean, I beat that game, so I played 120 hours of Persona Five. Yeah. So anything. So I was watching the trailer, and I was like, "These are all characters from Persona. Is this like mm-hmm. a remaster or something that I'm not familiar with?" So I don't. I mean, I guess I'm a fake fan because I don't know what they're doing. So. <laughs> uh, so I guess they're continuing Shin Megami Tensei, and they're going to make more Persona. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm down for it. So Shin Megami Tensei for me definitely was the one that stood out the most. The one that I've already played to death and I'm not going to play again, but Dang It Romper really stood out. That yep. one was originally only on PlayStation from what I remember. So the fact that it's on Nintendo is really good. I'm glad they're spreading their little their little psychotic wings and uh, <laughs> letting the series fly. There was also like a, a board game apparently in the third game that I didn't even know was in there. So yeah. one of us is going to fire up their PSV to and play that game because apparently I already own it. <laughs> but no, everything in Nintendo was was great. I mean, yeah. Listen, I, I'm gonna buy the
0: I, I'm gonna buy buy that that uh, Dragon Ropa series, and I'm gonna play it, and I will let you know if this board game exists or not.
2: It's real good. I mean, the board game. I assume it's real good. with The whole series,
0: <laughs> fantastic. So that kind of brought us. I mean, there was a Bandai Namco um, uh, presentation after, but generally, that's kind of to the end of E3. So I guess overall, how did you feel about it, uh, Jordan? Maybe let's start with you. Like, if you had to summarize your feelings about E3, uh,
2: well, for me, it, it's it's definitely less exciting than E3s in years past, but that's mostly just yeah. because I always in look absence. forward. Exactly. Exactly. And I would always look forward to see what Sony's conference was. It mm-hmm. was the one conference when they just dunked on Xbox for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. But
2: um, I mean, even despite that, there was a handful of things that seemed really interesting, but nothing. To, it, it was a little lacking from yeah. conferences past. It's it, it's not as exciting as it used to be. Uh, we can discuss its place in, uh, video games and whether it's importance is still as relevant as it used to be considering this whole thing was, you could just do uh, digitally anyway. So if you can do it digitally, mm-hmm. you might as well just have your own little conferences here and there. Your Nintendo directs, your, uh, mm-hmm. I'm a PlayStation fan. I don't even know what their directs are called, but yeah, I mean, State of Play, exactly. PlayStation state of play. Yeah. Thank you, Jake, uh- <laughs> the real Sony pony among us. is, is here. <laughs> But no, I mean, uh, there was definitely some things to enjoy, but in terms of, uh, how it used to be the the excitement level is definitely less than years past. It's fair. What about you, Diego? How did you feel overall?
1: Um, overall, I think I feel the same way about about the show that, like you know, that uh, in the same way that Jordan said, I think, um, I, I think developers have just kind of decided to do their own thing. You know, kind of mm-hmm. like put out their message in their own terms, kind of thing. And E three has become uh, a bit of a secondary thing, and especially this one, I think everybody was excited about this one because E3 was canceled last year. Uh, right. But I think it's clear that after seeing this this year's E3 that uh, developers and, uh, you know, and, and Sony and Microsoft, their their priority is to put out the, the message on their own terms, like whenever they have something to say. And that's probably why Sony didn't show up at this E3. Um Uh, but that being said i i really enjoyed this e3 because nintendo as i mentioned uh they had an awesome direct and this whole e3 could have been just like oh the only presenter this year is nintendo and they had shown me this direct i still would have been like oh best e3 ever right
0: yeah satisfied
1: (laughs) i was satisfied with nintendo's presentation i mean Mm -hmm. i did see a lot of things that i enjoyed but i do feel that what jordan is saying is true is that like um e3 has lost its pizzazz that it's had like from years past you know
0: yeah and i think part of that at least for me is also it's like we are like five years ago you're already showing me a huge leap in graphics to the point where i'm like how can they make water look like that how can they make grass look like that and so again it's like we said off the top like i don't want us to be like a cynical group but to some extent it's like you you've impressed me graphically already so now i'm starting to reduce these games like like oh, okay cool this is like skyrim in space or this is you know souls but in fantasy or mm-hmm. you know like th- these so not that there's not originality in these games once you play them but when you're getting a trailer and you kind of reduce it to like some catchphrase or keywords then it's not as novel as you would hope it to be right and I think, you know, obviously we we went a year without it and so we're all kind of really excited, but now we're kind of like really just getting hit with the reality that games are are kind of structurally very similar for some of the, these big ones. You know, it's like you have a big success with GTA, then you make Red Dead because it's a different story, but you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's something that you know works and so you do that. And, and so I think like the excitement of like a, a new concept like GTA is not... The excitement of a new concept like Red Dead Redemption, but like once you play the game and you see that all it's amazing, the, the excitement comes back, right? It's just like when you're seeing like sizzle trailers, sizzle trailers for these things, and they're not as novel as you would hope. Then it kind of falls a little bit short, at least for me. No,
2: I I hear that. It's essentially like this: you're looking at these games and you're like, okay, what game am I comparing this to? There's there's not a lot of new concepts and new ideas coming out that uh, kind of blow you away and make you excited. I guess the biggest Thing that was uh, crazy to me. I guess it's not new because it's been out for years. But Game Pass has almost everything in that conference is like day one on Game Pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. for the for our industry, or our industry, but the video game industry. Our that's that's industry. Exactly. Oh. I think, you know what? I think we're game insiders after episode one. I'd like to say our yeah. industry.
0: We are now game media.
2: Thank you. I think that's something to me that's kind of new and exciting to see where that goes. Because is every system going to want to have a games pass like service is game pass eventually going to migrate to other systems and have that. I don't like, I don't even know financially how it makes sense for some of these developers Mm. to be on games pass. I guess Xbox is just paying a super huge amount upfront for a lot of these games. But I think that's the most exciting thing that seems new is where is games pass going to take the industry in general and just where's it going to go from here? Yeah, it's it's getting huge.
0: Like i said earlier like that's one it's one of those things where it's like it can disrupt the industry right and Mm -hmm. and force it to change diego you said something to me that maybe you want to expand on that like indie games were really killing it these days yeah i think um you know as
1: much as i may have not enjoyed the show for what it was at e3 i think uh the indie games that they showed this year were amazing and Mm -hmm. i think we have to like give out a shout out to indie developers because they are the ones that definitely saved this show for me this year. Like some of the games that they're they're presenting look awesome, and um, I mean we didn't have a chance to talk a lot about them in this uh, this occasion, but I, I hope we do in the future because yeah. there's some really promising stuff coming out there. And I think I think uh, indie developers, like indie studios, is one of the best things to have happened to video game in recent years because that's where we're seeing real innovation, right? Just as you yeah. said. Like a lot of the times, these big companies are kind of going with like the formula that works, while mm-hmm. indie studios are doing what they want to see in video games, right? Yeah. And a lot of times, it's it's these games are being developed by people that are just fans of games, and they want to you know produce something that they feel other people will enjoy too.
0: I remember one at one point, Jordan bought me uh, an indie game that was based on colors, and it was so fun.
2: Oh, it's it's sound like, shapes.
0: Yeah, and it's like like it's just the games that they're creating now like at one point once upon a time when i i purchased an indie game it felt like an indie game as in like you know it felt like it could be made by a small team yeah. and now they're putting out some games where i'm like how are you doing like what does indie even mean and maybe we can explore it <laughs> in another episode because yeah. i swear they must have a big team because the stuff the content that they're putting out is frankly
2: uh amazing like hellblade does not look like an indie yeah. game <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Hellblade. Hellblade, that's <laughs> insane it's better than most triple a games that game
0: for sure so, yeah, I guess, you know, like when we come back, we're still going to talk a little bit more about E3, but generally those were kind of our thoughts. Um, when we, like I mentioned, when we come back, there's still a little bit more to talk about, but first we're going to go on a quick break.
1: Your podcast is in another castle. It's possible thanks to the support of our good friends at Ola Translation. The Hispanic Ontario Language Agency, or Ola, is a translation agency based in Ontario, founded by four Hispanic Canadians who want nothing else but to help people around the world communicate in their favorite language, Spanish. Head over to olatranslation.org and use code CASEL for an exclusive discount only available to you, our listener. Say goodbye to Google Translate
0: and say hola to Ola Translation. And we're back, guys, in the future. This will typically be the section where we talk about a game that is coming out either you know soon like this week or it just came out and what has us excited but since we are talking about e3 i wanted to kind of uh pick your brain a little bit about like what's one game or if you want you know you can do two don't go too far over that that like uh uh, that you saw that it's like you know this is a must buy day one for me um maybe i'll kick us off because i i'm not gonna go for the easy route that i think maybe diego uh may take on this one because i think he's a bigger fan you have to beat him to breath of the wild <laughs> yeah one game that i'm uh, i'm 100 gonna buy is mario party um the online component of mario party is the game changer for me especially in this last year where uh like we we were not able to maybe socialize and the fact that it didn't have it until very recently with an update seemed illogical to me and also like they, it's almost like they keep on trying to reinvent the wheel and like uh you this concept that they have that is a success um they they're like oh how can we change it and then it just becomes like this weird game like i've played games on steam that are a better mario party than the last mario party but this one it it's going back to its old boards it's bringing back its old games it has online day one i believe they also mentioned that you can play with like the regular button controllers like the last one i think you had to play with the uh, what is the name for the nunchuck? The though, Joy-Con. Though, the Switch? The joy, you have to play with the Joy-Con, right? And I think this one, you might be able to play with a controller, which again, would also be a huge plus. So I'm excited for this one. I will get it day one. That's how I feel. Uh, Jordan, what about you? What's like one game that you saw at E3 that you're like, I
2: need that game? Uh, well, the one for me is definitely Gardens of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it looked really interesting. And then when I s- saw the parallels to Mass Effect, I was like, I feel like they're making this specifically for me. This I is feel like it, is, I guess. they they know what I want because it has the gameplay where you can have different characters and giving them different orders while you're still shooting, you're still attacking. But they also had the the little decisions where it's like, do I send this one character or do I send this one character, which is also a big hallmark of the series? Mm-hmm. I, I've talked about it a lot. It's it's great. I also do respect that the characters don't look exactly like the movies, because at first it's definitely unsettling. But I feel like they're trying to make this this isn't the MCU Guardians of the Galaxy. This is their version of it. And yeah. I it's it's definitely unsettling. And for a lot of people, it doesn't work just because these characters are so ingrained in our memories and we know what they should look like. So it just looks wrong. I do respect that they're trying to come and uh, make them a little different and change expectations with that. Yeah. And then the one little game that I liked was called Lake, where you're basically a mail delivery person in the 80s. You love delivery games. Exactly. It's like, it's, it's like if they gave me Death Stranding, but they took away all of the, all of the terrible stuff with all the <laughs> yeah. ghosts, with all the shooting. It's just a pleasant game. You go in the 80s, you go to a video store, you rent a video, you watch it, you bring it back the next day, and you deliver some letters. It's beautiful, and uh, I want it now.
0: Yeah, for sure sounds good. Uh, we didn't even talk about the director's cut of Death Stranding, but maybe we'll talk about what that even means when we know what What, what could, that could that they possibly cut out?
2: <laughs> no.
1: Diego, let just, not cut out, but put in. From the trailer, oh, more yeah, like I mean, there was references to uh, Metal Gear Solid from that trailer that they showed, but I don't know.
2: We'll see. We'll yeah, see we what can... we end up
1: with. It's just basically a port to the PS5, and they're promising something new,
2: right? Yeah, we can talk about it yeah. another time. But it looks, yeah. it looks like it's basically just more Death Stranding in different setting.
0: Mm-hmm. Diego, what about you? What's one game that they announced that you really, really need? Uh, well, I think the obvious one is Breath of the
1: Wild. yes the sequel to breath of the wild i mean that was gonna be a day one purchase for me regardless of me seeing this trailer today or not Mm -hmm. but after seeing the trailer i'm super convinced i need i just want this game now right but yeah i mean i was a little bit disappointed to hear that i'm gonna have to wait till 2022 but if i've learned anything from uh games being delayed is that sometimes they're delayed for a reason you know miyamoto once said miyamoto once said that like you can put out a game fast, and it could be bad, but it's and it's going to be bad forever. But you right. can take your time making a game, and, and you know make, hand, make make it late, but make it actually be good. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of trust Nintendo on this one. I mean, I feel like o, Onuma is just amazing. I think what he did with Breath of the Wild was incredible, and what he yeah. what he showed me today, what little footage I got, I got of gameplay and kind of 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 what like the story is going to be, was just you know, amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that for sure. Day one. So that yeah. one for sure. The other one that I'm buying for sure is that Metroid game. Because as I oh, mentioned right. before, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the Metroid series. Um I'm mm-hmm. especially I, I'd say I'm a bigger fan of 2D Metroid games than I am of Metroid Prime. I played Metroid Prime, which is great, but uh as I mentioned, like my favorite Metroid game is Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. And this two D one is a throwback to that. You know, and and it's a great game. It's a great series. There's a reason why, like, that type of game is called Metroidvania, because it comes from two games. It comes from Castlevania Symphony of the Night and the Metroid series. Right. And those two are just like the like the perfect games of of that type of game. Right. So I'm definitely buying uh, Metroid Dread on day one. Um, other than that, I mean, I could go through the list of Nintendo games and probably be like, yeah, day one, day one. You can won, just repeat
0: won. the, you can watch the Nintendo yeah. Direct and you'll know what deals' list yeah. is. Yeah, Today, no, today's that Direct good. was
1: me basically just like watching and then just like throwing money at the screen, basically.
0: So, yeah, yeah. take all my money. Mm-hmm. Um, it is time now for one last question. This week's last question comes from our friend Andrew Perucho. His question is What does it mean to win E3? Uh, Jordan, what, do, what are your thoughts on what does it mean to win E3? Which is a question that a lot of people ask.
2: I think very simply, it's it's literally just one answer, games. Yeah. Because the people who watch E3 are there for games. Mm-hmm. The TV stuff is fine, but what people come to watch E3 for, the best way to essentially win E3 is to have a conference, introduce it very quickly. Here's a game trailer. Oh, this game is coming out then. Here's another game trailer. This game is coming out then. And also, here's some little things and then have maybe like a sizzle reel of some smaller games. Perfect. These are coming out. Then here's another game trailer. That's I mean, that's I, I don't even know how more to specify. it. It's literally how, it's just the that. faster you can move through these games, yeah. the mm-hmm. better. Yeah. The less fluff there is with here's what's coming to our TV services. uh, Here's games that are already come out. It's good to announce DLC for a lot of the gamers there. But I feel like what we come to E three for is what's coming what's new that can get us interested for. I think the DLC announcement should really be saved for maybe like a like a direct or state of play as we've found out today it's called. Yeah. Uh, it's (laughs) best to save it for those things. I think E three what you need to do is here's what's new and exciting and here's essentially when we think it's coming out. Although a lot of the stuff they that those dates are tbd But basically that's how you win E three. Show as many new games as possible and try to limit the the outside fluff.
0: Diego, what about you? What does it mean to win E3 in your eyes? I mean, E3 is not a competition, but I can tell
1: you from today's Nintendo Direct, Nintendo, Nintendo, win? Nintendo won E3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Breath of the Wild 2 is the way to win E3, I guess. That's what we're saying. Yeah, I mean, the only reason that they didn't win E3 this year is if they didn't show us Breath of the Wild 2. But mm-hmm. uh, I agree with what Jordan says. It's like the reason people went to e3 back in the day the reason people go to e3 today is because they want to see something new they want to see something you know upcoming and like for nintendo like i remember like they had a direct maybe it was like two years ago now where they announced like bayonetta 3 and metroid prime 4 and they showed us nothing except like just like the titles titles of those games and that got so much hype out of people. They, you know, it, yeah. it's just it's the fact that you're even if you're promising something new, it's you have people engaged. They're they're just constantly thinking, I like, oh, maybe they'll show us like new footage of this game. And I think that's what what, you know, like winning E3, I guess, would have to boil down to the fact that who gets more press at the end of this. Right. And I think yeah. I think the ones that are going to get more press at the end of this mm-hmm. E3. Uh, this year it's probably going to be nintendo and microsoft
0: yeah i think to echo what you were saying uh yeah i think the communications is really where you win e3 right like i i work in marketing and communications and it's like when you do an event you're you have a goal of like what is the message that i want people to take from this and even like for example governments they they have their press uh people and inter- people in charge that interact with the press. And they were like, well, the, the soundbite that I want you to take is this. Right. And so if you manage to get the reporters to say that, then you, you've you been successful in what you were trying to convey. And I think similarly for E3, like the fans will have an expectation. So first before E3, it is the responsibility of the company to kind of play with those expectations and maybe, you know, ground them a little bit if they're getting too high or kind of push people to think that, OK, this might be coming up so that when they leave E3, you've met their expectations, that they don't leave disappointed or that the perception isn't that you were disappointing in your E3, right? Because, again, like you're saying, it's it's a a, a press marketing kind kind of win or loss, I think, ultimately, in my eyes. And so by that judgment, like who did best at this E3 or who didn't, I think, like you said, like Xbox and Nintendo at the very least met the expectations that they 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 had for them, right? I think going into E3, people were assuming there's going to be a new Halo and that we're going to see new Breath of the Wild uh, content, and they were they managed to deliver on both those things. That's I I think where we're gonna call it for this week. Make sure to follow us on social media at AnotherCastleCA. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, Twitch. You know, If we're not somewhere, you let us know, and we will be there by the next time that you are speaking Cameo to coming us. Soon. Cameo, OnlyFans, wherever you want us, we will be. We'll uh, <laughs> that's it. For, that's it for us this week. Make sure to subscribe and share. And if you, if you like it, share it with friends. If you didn't like it, share it with your enemies. Either way, make sure to share our podcast. And don't forget, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with.